Back on the muster, Monday afternoon, that song there, She Bop by Cindy Lauper, that was peak break dancing when you went and got the over trousers on, put them on, the baggy trail, five sizes too much, got the mat out and started break dancing on the lino because you could, because that's what you did in the 1980s. Uh, however, we fast forward to this day and age, totally different story as our next guest will attain to. She is Catherine Wright. She is a counsellor based out of Tiarnau. Catherine, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Andy. Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Now, we had you on the show a couple of months ago. Just um, go over what it was you did exactly. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, it's been a few months now. It's been a bit of a, a whirlwind uh, year and a bit. Um, so I've just completed some master's research on why young rural men don't seem to seek health for mental health issues. Um, I was looking at specifically age 16 to 30 years old, um, just there seems to be a a real lack of of help seeking uh, high suicide rates, some really problematic uh, things going on like that. But rather than actually um, trying to dissect the the suicide rate and the reasons, I found it probably more helpful to go upstream and, and find out why they're falling in essentially. So I set out to do that. It was a huge study. Um, I had three parts to my study, and one was that I had an anonymous survey that was nationwide, and that got around about 300 responses. Uh, the second, uh, second part was that I interviewed some of those uh, participants from the survey in depth, and they volunteered at the end of the survey. And the third part was with stakeholders, so people that have a vested interest in um, rural males and mental health, such as Ali Perriam from Will to Live, um, Jared Armstrong from um, from Movember, um, and a few, uh, quite a few others, about ten from that category. Um, it was an interesting process uh, drawing out the themes from that, and essentially, I ended up getting three really clear practical barriers that are stopping young men from seeking help. Um, some of it might not be a surprise, some of it might be. The first uh, barrier there was a knowledge barrier. So it was really about, am I bad enough to seek help? Where, where, where is the line that I need to actually do something about this and, um, and, where, and where do I go? How do I find somebody? Um, that, was a, that was the first one. The second barrier, unsurprisingly, was a shame and stigma barrier. So it was about um, their bosses finding out, their friends finding out, um, sadly their fathers finding out. That came through quite strongly as well. And just that real societal um, attitude of, of males that, that do seek help for mental health issues. So that was not surprising. It was, it's also the most difficult to address and overcome. Um, the third main barrier was a practical barrier. So it was like... Um, if you are on an isolated farm and you want to see a counsellor or psychologist or even GP in person, sometimes that's an entire day off. So it's, it's not only the appointment time, but it's travel there, it's travel back home. Sometimes you've got to do a few jobs in town. So it's never just the hour, it's often a whole day. Um, also under that umbrella fell financial constraints and it seemed to be completely unknown that there are many funding streams, especially for this population. So there's um, Will to Live do a, a rural change fund now. There's brief intervention, that's five or six free sessions. 
Um, there's so many other ways that that can pay for that. Even Gumboot Friday will pay uh, for up to 25 year olds. So um, that needs that kind of needs to get out there. Video calling addresses that that practical barrier of having to have the whole day off. It seems to be really unknown that this exists. That's one thing we can thank COVID for, actually, that, yep, it's always existed, but it's always been a little bit, for clients and counsellors, it's been a little bit not sat right and felt not quite authentic, but we had to adapt with COVID. And because of that, people have yeah. got really used to it. And I, for one, didn't give it enough credit. It's fantastic for overcoming that barrier. Hey, Catherine, as far yeah. as the stigma regarding, you talk about that, about telling your boss, telling other people, I made the mm -hmm. reference at the start of this, like Cindy Lauper and this song, She Bop, came out back in the mid-1980s about yeah. it being a way different time and being a sign of weakness. Not that many years ago, it was a sign of weakness to come out saying you weren't doing okay. Do mm. you think the message is finally getting through to young people on farms that it's okay to feel this way and that there is avenues of help? I think that it is getting out there that it is okay. And and just on that, you know, yes, it is more of a problem with males that seek help. But humans, no matter what gender, are born with the same emotions. You are, you are born with the same set of human emotions as each other. So it makes no sense that half of human genders don't have emotions. So it exists. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. It does. Um, but actually implementing that and saying what does that look like is a whole other story. Um, how, how do we encourage that help-seeking? And, you know, in my professional life and in my experience, when I have rural men see me, and I have a lot, um, always when they are ready to open up and when they are ready to tell their friends and, and their family and even their workmates of their struggles, the response nine out of ten times is, I've had it too. It exists more than you would ever, ever suspect. It is out there, and if you open up about it, if you can find the courage to open up, you are more than likely going to hear that. Now, Catherine, if somebody's listening to this before we finish up and thinking, I need help, what can they do? The best port of call straight away, if, if you don't know, if you generally don't know what to do, where to go, um, funding streams, a GP is a great starting point. So if you go to a GP, they will not only know who's available in your area, but they can often offer brief intervention, which is it's either five or six funded uh, treatments with a uh, counsellor. Um, so that, that's always a good starting point. You are most welcome always to contact a counsellor or psychologist directly. Usually they've got websites. Don't go to a third party like BetterHelp or, or something like that because they take a big cut um, and it's not straightforward. Um, if you know somebody that's had counselling or something similar in the past, ask them who they saw. There's nothing better than a personal recommendation as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Hey, Catherine, really appreciate you coming on and talking. We'll talk again as well because this is something in rural New Zealand we need to talk more about. Catherine Wright, counsellor uh, based out of Tiana, we appreciate your time on the muster as always. No problem. See you, Andy. Catherine Wright there, based out of Tiana. Coming up next before we wrap the hour, change attack. Going up to Garston, Thomas O'Brien, business, business owner up there, I should say. He's up next, Monday afternoon. <laughs>